0: Oh, there. We
1: would be honored if you would join us. Welcome to the 30-something movie podcast, though this time we're not really talking so much about movies as we are wars. Mo- Movie-related. Movie-related. War things. War things. And just, okay, Star Wars. Star Wars. Star things. Wars things. All the Star, all the wars for the from the stars and the celebrations of the wars from the stars and, yeah. The, the, the
0: new lands from the mm-hmm. wars of the stars. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm.
1: So basically, what this episode is has nothing to do with any '80s movies or anything like that. Uh, I went to Star Wars Celebration for a day. I didn't go the whole time, but I went for a day. So I have some things that I saw, and I I've mm. now I understand Stephen Colbert when he was hosting the episode nine panel, and he was like, "Guys, I've seen things." <laughs> you know, it was like I got out of that panel. And I was like, "I know they're live streaming this, but I was here, and I've seen things." So, uh, so that was a lot of fun. So we might talk about that. Um, we are t- pull back the curtain just a little bit. We realize that we have no time to record this, and it, unless there's unless the person behind the curtain is not ready yet, and then you leave the curtain there. Well, we can we can pull it back for for modesty. Um, but uh, yeah, so we uh, we realized in the midst of recording our other podcast episodes that we will be recording this week, we have no other time to talk about some of this stuff. But we have so many things to talk about, and uh, Hefe here has like eight pages now of. I think I ended at seven and a half. Seven and a half pages of notes on Galaxy's Edge. Because you, no. are, you are a massive Disney fan. So,
0: so I'm, I'm yeah. going to go ahead and just say that I'm probably, in terms of our podcast, mm-hmm. I'm the Disney guy. Yeah, yeah, I would. I, I would, think, I I, I think uh, you know, I've been, I'm averaging every other year doing a trip. Mm-hmm. And I'm learning more and more about all the new things coming to the parks. Not just Galaxy's Edge, but mm-hmm. a lot of the new, uh, other new additions. We have, uh, you know, Gardens of the Galaxy ride coming to Epcot. Got a new Ratatouille ride coming into Epcot. There's a new Skyliner system that's connecting to various areas of Disney in Florida. Um, so yeah, I feel like I'm the Disney guy. Yeah. Yeah. And every couple of days I would see another tidbit of information from um, one of my go to sources about something else being revealed about Galaxy's Edge. And ah oh God, is, did they already talk about this? Is this how new is this information? So I thought, why not just have a Galaxy's Edge episode? Mm-hmm. Find all the find everything that I can mm-hmm. that I don't know,
1: reaffirm what I do know, just put it all out there. There we go. So here we are. So here we are. And we may tack on, although I might I might do my own separate episode, which may come out before this, depending on how long it takes us to record this episode. I don't know. I probably will do the my trailer speculation later today. So yeah, the, and, the, and, the trailer and pulling, came out. Pulling back the curtain, we probably will record this episode over several days because we're having to do it during our lunch breaks. So, this will come out at some point within the next week, but I will probably stay up tonight and do my trailer thing, because I also have a plethora of pages of notes (laughs) on a -a one-and-a-half-minute trailer. (laughs) Would you say I have a plethora? (laughs) Anyway. Yeah. Um, All right. So, do you want to jump into...
0: uh, I'm going to say say this, too. Go for it. My schedule... I've been noticeably, maybe not noticeably, absent Mm -hmm. from a lot of podcasts uh, recently, and a lot of that has to do with my current schedule where I'm devoting every waking moment that I have to the play at school, which mm-hmm. I do every year. Mm-hmm. Um, so timing is a little bumpy right now. But this also is going to lead into the fall when I'll be taking yet another break from our, our fun little podcast family because my wife and I will be welcoming baby number two to our little family. Congratulations. Thank you very much. And <clears throat> frankly, you need
1: to work this around the podcast schedule. I don't understand I, you why... Know,
0: I, I, I tried okay. and things didn't line up according to the podcast schedule that you okay. had laid out. Right.
1: I mean, we record, we record every other week, so it's like, can't your wife just be okay. pregnant every other week?
0: I, hey, I'm going to let you talk to her about talk that. Her right? hotel, <laughs> I'm not even going to bring that up. But I know that you guys <laughs> had mentioned it's some stuff <laughs> a couple of weeks ago, and, and you very kindly cut that part out of the episode because yeah. we weren't <laughs> at the point where we were really sharing publicly. Oh, so, um, so there we are. There we go. Um, now, Disney. Disney's taking over the world. Yeah, they are. It's just, it's, <laughs> mm-hmm. Disney, it's just a fact. Disney Plus coming out. And, yeah. Well, so that's the first thing I want to mention, okay. really, really briefly, Disney Plus, their new streaming service, we finally have a release date, November 12th, and we have a cost. Which is very important This affordable. is a <laughs> 6 dollars a month mm-hmm. for the collection that they're starting with. $69.99 mm-hmm. as an annual fee. Mm-hmm. The collection that they're starting with is, I think they said five hundred movies, mm-hmm. and over seven thousand episodes of TV. Yeah. I think that's worth seven dollars a mm-hmm. month for sure, or less if you do
1: the annual subscription, right. which my family will do because oh. it's it's, it's Disney, Disney and that's what we right. do. Well, um, I, I'm looking at that. And I'm like, well, if I cut out one and a half comic books I buy every month, yeah, there's Disney Plus.
0: Um. Not a lot has been shared at, in terms of what the content is going to be. Mm-hmm. We know there's some new stuff coming out, being made for uh, for the streaming service, such as The Mandalorian, which mm-hmm. is a Star Wars-based show. Um, a lot of the Disney catalog will become available. Um, Bob Iger did say that upon the release of Disney+, Plus, the Disney Vault concept will cease to exist. Mm-hmm. So I don't know if that means... Every title will be avail- available for purchase mm-hmm. whenever you want because the right. vault system was a way of spacing out availability of movies to make sure the interest would be garnered. And every seven years, a title would come out of the vault, then go back into the vault for another seven years, right. and so on. So, I'm all in mm-hmm. for Disney Plus from the get go. Soon, you know, two years ago when they started talking about the streaming service, I said yes, please, mm-hmm. because in my family, more Disney, more better. Mm-hmm.
1: So. Well, and this is a few years ago. They were talking about a, a separate Star Wars streaming service, like all Star Wars. And I was like, oh, now say that. I don't know about the Disney one, but I would sign up for that one. But it, what it seems like is Star Wars is part of Disney+. So I'm like, okay, well, that's enough of a... Between Now that Disney owns everything that we enjoy, mm-hmm. Star Wars, Marvel, you know, all this other stuff, I'm like, well, okay, that's pretty much enough for me now that a bunch of the Marvel stuff has left Netflix and Star well, Wars has left Netflix. Turner Broadcasting
0: and, still owns mm-hmm. the original Star Wars movies. Right, for right, like all, all the other content and everything so else. So well. yeah. those won't be on the streaming service for a right. while. That's okay. They're, they they're to, streaming inside my head all the time <laughs> anyway. So, <laughs> they, I, I guess they offered to sell them back to Disney mm-hmm. for a price that Disney just said, well, we'll wait, mm-hmm. like, which is fine because most, people, most people own those movies anyway. Right. So yeah. it's not as dire to get those.
1: Or some people own like six copies. <laughs> yeah, <place>. yeah
0: <laughs> you and I have had that conversation where mm-hmm. every time a new version or format would mm-hmm. come out, you know, got the regular VHS, got the gold VHS, got the regular DVD, mm-hmm. then got the gold DVD, the, then the Blu-ray. The dialogue is crisper in this
1: one. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, I'm yeah. I'm excited for it. Oh, yeah. I love Disney. Yeah. I don't know that we're going to do an annual subscription. <laughs> I think we probably would do, I could see doing a monthly subscription for like a couple months at a time and then maybe dropping it for a little bit and then coming back for a couple months. or mm-hmm. Kind of like what we do sometimes with Hulu. If there's a show we want to watch, like my wife and I like, um... Handmaid's Tale and stuff like that So, and HBO with Game of Thrones we'd pick it up for like a month or so watch all those episodes and then drop it for a while do you
0: and, constantly create new email addresses so you can get a trial subscription no oh. no,
1: I, we've done that with a couple of things but, or, or sometimes if we wait long enough like stars came back after we had waited a while they kept sending emails please sign up please come back please come back and we didn't and then finally right around November Christmas time uh, they sent and they said well we've got a holiday deal maybe you'll like it'll be much cheaper and you can get it at this price for three months like, done <laughs> Fifteen dollars for three months. Absolutely. Let's, <laughs> okay. Let's do that. So, yeah, I don't think it... I think we're pretty locked into Amazon Prime and Netflix, and that'll be our like permanent. That's what we've got. And then stuff like this will be when the Mandalorian comes out. Yes, I will be there. Um, and if anything new like that comes out, I will probably see. Pick I, it up I to feel watch like I've been
0: less interested in Netflix. Yeah. Lately, so I don't know how long I'm getting hold on to that. So yeah. if
1: Disney Plus ends
0: up being exactly what I'm hoping it will be. Right. And that's
1: more uh, of more direct interest to you.
0: Well, and they've also, they, you know, they've also, you know, they're, they're going to take some Fox shows and drop down, and Sim- right. the entire run of
1: Simpsons is going to be on Disney Plus, right? <coughs> Which will be enough for my kids to donate their allowance to just keep Disney Plus all yeah. the time. I think.
0: Yeah. yeah, I mean, we're using Netflix now as you know. We try to find a show to watch mm-hmm. to fall asleep to. Yeah, and we've gone through Frasier a couple times, gone through Friends a you couple know, times, Netflix and Snore. Is that- yeah, yep, that's pretty. <laughs> yep, that's pretty much it. Um, but anyway. We are here now to discuss... We're going to go to the edge.
1: We're going to go to... We'll take this podcast to the edge? To the edge. Okay. To the edge of the galaxy. Like, the one and only time my family will probably go to Disney World will be a year after this comes out, so... Well, I would wait, you know, Mm -hmm.
0: uh, because in 2021, Mm -hmm. the Magic Kingdom in Florida will be celebrating its 50th anniversary. Okay. Which means crowds are probably going to be crazy, because they're going to do all sorts of fun stuff. Okay. And all sorts of promotions, all sorts of new uh, character things and okay. what have you. Because that's usually what they do. Yeah. I would say that 2021 is going to be uh, a very busy year down mm-hmm. in Florida. We're going 2020. So.
1: Okay. We're, we're going to miss that. That's fine. <laughs> okay. I'm okay with that. Well, you know, when, when you're ready to plan, let me mm-hmm. know. I can talk you through some of the. Uh... Oh, I will, I will get you in touch with my sister. She's We've handed it all off to okay. her. Okay. She's kind of our like vacation planning person. We're just like, you take a look at stuff and then just let us know what we owe you. We're kind of letting her in because she loves to plan that kind of stuff. So mm-hmm. I, I may put her in touch with you, and All see right. if, if you have any other secrets and other stuff we should know, then uh, I don't know if there's secrets, okay. but you
0: know, there's things that uh, Katie and I have found okay. um, during our last few trips okay. that okay. we found works better than Make others. things easier. Um. Okay, so go to the edge. edge. Go to the edge. Galaxy's edge. Here's here's what we know. What do we know. And I'm going to say this as well. Lay it on me. This is. Based on a lot of research from a lot of different uh, sites, Mm -hmm. some of it confirmed by Disney, a lot of it is still speculative, so I'm just going to, you know, if you don't want to know anything about Galaxy's Edge, you just want to show up and see what happens, then stop stop listening listening. (laughs) right now. Mm -hmm. Welcome back. Okay, so Disney is building um, a new section of the theme park, Uh, one of them is at Disneyland in California, another is at Disney's Hollywood Studios at the Walt Disney World Resort in Florida. It's rumored that a third location for Galaxy's Edge is going to be built in uh, Walt Disney Studios Park
1: in Paris. It's on Dantooine. Oh, I'm yeah. sorry. I thought, this, I thought we were going with the secret location. It's, it's on Dantooine. Dantooine. Dan <laughs> Dan you see? They can be reasonable.
0: Um, I haven't found any confirmation about mm-hmm. Galaxy's Edge in Paris, but I did stumble across that on some website oh, somewhere. Sure. So if it's on the internet, it, make sense. it, must, be it true. must be true. Yeah. Abraham Lincoln said that. Mm-hmm. So at Disneyland in California... Um, and Disney's Hollywood studios in Florida, each land takes up 14 acres. Mm -hmm. For comparison, Disneyland itself in California, the Disneyland park is 85 acres, the whole park. Yes. And now they're adding on an additional 14 acres. So that's a pretty sizable amount for California. Yeah. Um, in Florida, the Disney World Resort area Mm -hmm. has so much land Mm -hmm. that it's not as difficult to find a way to make this Mm -hmm. work. Right. Um, the Magic Kingdom is 107 acres. Okay. Uh, Hollywood Studios, where this resort, is, or resort, where this uh, new land is going to be built, is 137. Okay. So Hollywood Studios is relatively large anyway. Mm-hmm. The name of the world is Galaxy... Uh, uh, the name of the world that people will be visiting at galaxy is just called Batuu. Batuu. Mm-hmm. Um, specifically, this is the Black Spire Outpost on Batuu, which is... Uh, quote unquote, home to those who prefer to stay out of the mainstream and a thriving port for smugglers, rogue traders, and adventurers traveling between the frontier and uncharted space. Significantly, it has also become a safe haven for those looking to avoid the attention of the First Order. It's being promoted as a full immersion experience, allowing guests to not only feel as though they are visiting uh, the remote outpost, but the experiences that they go through within, and I thought this is kind of cool, is going to follow them. Throughout the land, mm-hmm. so for example, I think it means something like um, depending on how you do on one of the rides, mm-hmm. your score may follow you throughout, and, and another character oh. in this land may say to you, "Hey, wow! Well, I heard you—you
1: know—shot
0: mm-hmm. fourteen tie Make fighters. the castle run
1: in less than eleven parsecs. <laughs> yeah, you. Whatever it is, mm-hmm.
0: I'm not sure how they're going to do that. Yeah, I'm assuming it's going to be through um, the Magic Band system, mm-hmm. but you know they're they're inventing many new things for Mm -hmm. this land so in preparation for all of this and the incredibly large crowds that are on their way disney has updated some of their own park rules Mm -hmm. so as of may 1st no smoking in any of the parks each park used to have a smoking section contained Mm -hmm. within starting may 1st all smokers need to step outside of the front gate and then we'll come back in if they need their okay. cigarette break. Now this is
1: So no death sticks allowed. No death sticks. No death stick.
0: Also effective May 1st, all strollers now must be within a certain size. Okay. Um, Thank God. Not guests, <laughs> just oh, strollers. Right, right, right. right. Uh, 31 we inches, don't serve your kind here. <laughs> I'm trying. <laughs> no greater than 31 inches wide oh, and 52 inches strollers. long. Okay. okay. Stroller. Okay. And then, effective March twenty eighth, so this goes back a couple uh, couple weeks. Loose and or dry ice are no longer allowed in the parks. Reusable ice packs are still allowed and recommended. So people would sometimes bring a cooler with sandwiches, a couple of drinks, whatever, pack. and they pack it with, pack it with ice. Pack with. Or, ice. Or, yeah. In Disneyland, <clears throat> a new five thousand space parking garage is being built and close to completion. The garage called the Pixar Pal's Garage will use sensors and lights to indicate how many spaces are available on each level and where those spaces are. So when you pull, when you first pull in, there'll be a board that indicating how many spaces are available on each level. Because each space will have a little sensor that, if a car goes over it, mm-hmm. it no longer is hmm. red as being available. Okay. Above each parking space is a light system, and if you, as you're driving around, you see a green light, mm-hmm. that means there's an open spot there. Oh, nice um they have this in a couple places down in florida seems to work pretty well hmm,
1: okay
0: opening date galaxy's edge so this was a surprise announcement when it, when it came out because then they, they move it up yeah it was a little yeah. bit sooner than people had expected mm-hmm. galaxy's edge will open at disneyland in california on may 31st of 2019 okay. and disney's hollywood studios at the walt disney world resort on august 29th 2019 Disney's going to be focusing on how to make the fan experience better for the Disney World opening. They're going to uh, go through the Disneyland opening and see well, how that goes, what they need to mm-hmm. tighten, what they need to change. Sure. So not a lot of details are out other than an opening date for Disney World. Okay. So from here on out, a lot of what you hear is going to be based on just the Disneyland in California opening. Gotcha. So when Disneyland's uh, Galaxy's Edge opens... A reservation is going to be required to get into the land. Registered guests that are staying at the Disney uh at Disneyland Hotel, Disney's Grand Californian, or Disney's Paradise Pier Hotel will each receive one reservation to Star Wars Galaxy's Edge. I'm assuming that means one reservation per person. Mm -hmm. There will also be a limited number of reservations for the theme park visitors not staying in one of these three hotels. This is going to go from May 31st, opening day, until June 23rd. Okay. No reservation. No getting in. Okay. Um, the finer details of that have not yet been released, at least not that I could find. Reservations will most likely not give guests access the entire day either. So it be more like a block of time. Gotcha. You you know, you so I don't know how they're going to shuffle people out mm-hmm. in order to let more people in. Mm-hmm. But that seems to be the plan. So don't show up expecting well, I'll just you know wait outside and try to get it, in. Yeah. Because Disney has also said there will be no standby queue to get into Galaxy's Edge. Okay. At least for the first And that's just for that, the like, first few month weeks. or so, yeah. Yeah. Okay. Uh, I guess they did Good, that because if I
1: go next summer and they tell me I can't come in, there's going to be some dark side stuff happening. <laughs> Yikes. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Hold your younglings back.
0: <laughs> so according to Disneyland Vice President Chris Thieler, uh, we, we will be giving guests a window of time, but we're still working through what that looks like and the duration for that. Mm-hmm. We know guests might want to stay in there all day, but we've got a whole big group that wants to get in there. We're just trying to balance all those things and really deliver the right solution for our guests. Uh, A virtual waiting room is being considered for guests starting on June 24th, so after that first uh, mm -hmm. three-week, three-and-a-half-week window. And the idea there is guests will still then have the opportunity to go to the other parts of Disneyland Mm -hmm. Park, and then when their time comes up on up, the virtual waiting room, okay. they can head in. Visitors will not have free access to everything once inside the reser- uh, during the reservation. First come first serve queues will be located at Millennium Falcon Smuggler's Run, Oga's Cantina, Sabi's Workshop, and uh, Droid Depot. Disney plans on offering atmosphere talent, mobile app games, snack vending options, as well as a bathroom pass for those waiting in the Millennium Falcon Smuggler's Run queue. So it sounds like they are taking time to really try to think through What can we do? Mm
1: -hmm. If you're going to have to wait in line anyway, (laughs) Mm -hmm. what can we do to make your wait just a little bit less boring?
0: Fast passes are not available for this ride either. Mm -hmm. And on another podcast, they did the math of how fast passes are determined and distributed Mm -hmm. and all that. Given the number of people expected, and you put that into the equation, they said a fast pass line could be upwards of 35 hours, (sighs) which is why Disney is saying no fast pass. So that's what I have just for the background of the opening. The story is... That the Resistance and the First Order are both visiting Black Spire Outpost in search of something. The idea is the Resistance set up camp only a week ago and can abandon this place fast if they need to run. So it's not going to look like a well-developed uh, community in the, in the Star Wars world. This is going to be a uh, a drop-and-go sort of place. Okay. Like all Disney parks, there is an underscoring of themed music throughout the park. As you walk around, you know, you're, you'll hear music playing. Galaxy's Edge is no different and able to feature new music from John
1: Williams. he was doing the music for that. I also heard some, you may have this later in your notes, but I heard some other famous voices that we know will be featured in the park too.
0: Mm-hmm. Um, so I call Disney Some parks. grammatically challenged voices, let's say. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Maybe that's called an- anastrophe. Okay. That backwards talk. Bless you. <laughs> yes. Um, Character meet and greets will be available. Mm-hmm. There's no full list available of what characters are going to be there. Um, but given other areas, uh, Hollywood Studios had a smaller Star Wars area right, right. for a while. And um, like they had Chewbacca, mm-hmm. Darth Vader. Mm-hmm. I'm assuming masked characters right. will be available. Yeah. Um, but it's rumored that uh, the the character that was uh Lando's co-pilot in return of the jedi mm-hmm. yeah, I, none? yeah yeah will be one of the characters available as oh, awesome. for Meet and greet. okay
1: he showed up in the uh, he was in the battlefront 2 video game as a playable character that's what i that. heard and he's in i don't i don't remember if he's given in, more of a backstory or yeah. or more usability in the video I, video game i don't know if i'm remembering right he might have been he might have showed up for a second in The Force Awakens, when they were discussing Starkiller Base and that one scene with all the people, all the generals Maybe. and pilots together. and I, don't, I remember. don't remember if he was or not, but yeah. Okay, well, that's, cool. <clears throat> that's cool. As long as I can find a Chewie and give him a hug, then I'm totally cool with that.
0: Each of these two locations will be outfitted with two rides to begin with. However, only one of them is going to be opened up in the first phase. Hmm. And I've heard different theories about this. The one that will be running is uh, Millennium Falcon Smuggler's Run. I've heard of this one. <laughs> the one that won't be running is Star Wars Rise of the Resistance. And it's believed okay. it's because it's not working.
1: Oh.
0: <laughs> uh, I heard on another podcast some of the guys that, and they are more in the know, they have connections to people in the parks. I guess there's an issue with how uh, the programming or something with how Rise of the Resistance works. Mm-hmm. And they can't quite get it to work correctly yet, oh. so Disney's announced this phase process of opening. Mm-hmm. So yeah, okay. Smuggler's Run is going to be the only ride open when uh, Galaxy's Edge first opens. Well, that will make the lines any shorter. <laughs> right. <laughs> um, Smuggler's Run. This ride can accommodate up to six guests at a time, with some being pilots, engineers, or gunners. This ride is reported to be able to funnel 1,800 guests per hour. Okay. Which makes that <clears throat> standby, or uh, the the waiting in line and the reservation system mm-hmm. a little more doable if you know that you can keep track and keep mm-hmm. moving people, that many people along.
1: Well, that's what I was wondering, because isn't this the ride, yeah, maybe I have my times wrong and you've got all the notes, isn't this the ride that's supposed to last, like, 16 minutes or, or something? No. It's supposed to last, like, much longer than a normal ride? That's the other one. Oh, it's the other one? Mm-hmm. Okay, all right. Because I'm like, I'm like I, I, well, I get to pilot the Millennium Falcon for, like, over 10 minutes and there's only six people how are they ever going to do that?
0: The, I couldn't find any ride time okay. for this one.
1: It's less um, than 12 parsecs,
0: but, yes. Yeah. So if you've never been aboard the Falcon before, you need not worry as Hondo Onaka a Weeke pirate who has made a deal with Chewbacca to use the Falcon will be there to offer you on the job training. Mm,
1: okay.
0: So here's my information about just the queue mm-hmm. to get into this ride. So the line will become first-come, 1st first serve, According to Scott Trowbridge, the imaginary creative executive in charge of the whole land, like the Indiana Jones ride that opened in Disneyland in 1995, which I would love to go on. Mm-hmm. Um, <clears throat> for those of you that may have never been there like myself, it works the same way as the dinosaur ride at Animal Kingdom in, uh, D- at Disney World Resort. In which it is a car that is built on hydraulics, so the track the, the the track remains flat, but the hydraulics move the car in different ways to make you feel like you're going over rocks, going over bumps, mm-hmm. or whatever. So pretty cool. Anyway, the Millennium Falcon uh, line will zigzag through passageways and storage rooms that serve as a prologue to takeoff. So pay attention to everything you're you're seeing and interacting with while you're in line, because it may all be somewhat important. Mm-hmm for the overall story. The line starts at ground level and curves along the back of the Falcon, so visitors can get a closer look from that perspective. From there you climb a set of stairs that lead to catwalks circling the mechanic shop where other ships and engines are under repair. Along the exterior wall there are some narrow triangular windows with close-up view of the radar dish atop the Falcon. Visitors are likely to cluster around these, squeezing in for a glimpse and a photo, but around the next corner the line bends along a bank of picture windows with long, unobstructed view of the top of the Falcon and the town of Blackspire Outpost below. As you head back into the depths of the shipping center, the Disney Play app on smartphones allow visitors to scan shipping crates revealing the true contents of what Hondo Onaka is trying to send around the galaxy.
1: It's probably something shady because of his you character know, from smugglers. the Wars and mm-hmm. He's always kind of a bit of a shady guy.
0: Uh, Soon you'll enter the control room. Standing on the bridge waiting to greet you with his sales pitch is Hondo Onaka. The final moments of uh, waiting may be just as exciting as the ride itself. After consulting with Hondo, guests will be led down a jet bridge into a familiar location. And this would be the Falcon's chess room. Uh, At this point, guests have already been assigned a flight group and number. Hondo and Chewie need two pilots, two gunners, and two flight engineers for each run. An operator will call out the number of each group when it's time for takeoff. In the meantime, you are free to roam about the chess room area and take yes. pictures and what have you. Sweet. I'm hoping that they don't pack that room full of people because mm-hmm. you, you know because then you're not gonna, yeah you're get not going to get a picture <laughs> yeah. So I'm at some point in there. I'm hoping they start paring down how off or how many people they let in right. at a time. It would not surprise me if they have this
1: interior. Or have more than one location of this interior built. That's what I was wondering. To get that many guests through, you're almost going to have to have...
0: When Disney built their Soren attraction mm-hmm. at Epcot, they have three different yeah. uh, projection rooms. Okay. Um, I would assume that this is going to be the same thing. Mm-hmm. It's going to, you know, because once you're inside and you have no concept of what's around you, you know, you could be right up against another one yep. of these rooms yeah. without even realizing it. So how does this work? Well... According to Trowbridge, they really are in control of the ship. It's a completely interactive experience. If gunners don't fire and hit the TIE fighter, maybe you'll get some shocks and take some damage on the ship, and then you've got to fix it. That's the job of the flight engineer seated in the back, who will have to push buttons to extinguish fires or redirect power. And if the pilots don't fly right to avoid that oncoming mountain, your ship is going to smash into that wall.
1: Well, well, well no. no, no. If it's story accurate, all you got to do is take a screwdriver and smash it into the wall, and then the Falcon will work just fine. Or you hit it, and it'll be just fine. Well,
0: it depends on how many maneuvers you know. Well, that's true. Uh, you're truly in control of what happens on your mission. Is is the point of that? Okay. It's also reported that the missions will change with each ride, so there's a good chance that the experience will be different the next time you ride it. Okay. So that's all I have on Smugglers uh, Millennium Falcon Smugglers Run. Oh, that's plenty. <laughs>
1: That may be the first place I go when I get there.
0: Well, it's going to have to be because the Rise of the Resistance is not working. It may not be ready yet. Yeah. And there's no date announced as to when they're hoping to open that one up. Okay. Um, Rise of the Resistance is described as a fully immersive battle between the First Order and the Resistance, um, which will make its debut later as part of the second rollout. The queue for this one, and again, this is all. Mm-hmm. Speculative at best. Yeah, I've not, yeah. you know, until you're there, until someone's there, has pictures, who knows. Yeah. But this is what's being shared in terms of the uh, the line for Rise of the Resistance. The wait line begins beneath a mobile cannon turret, which forms an archway to a path leading to ancient alien ruins carved into the cliffs of the planet Batu. The ground is hardened mud where you can see the footprints of resistance soldiers and the tracks of one of the original R2-D2 droids from A New Hope. And what they did to do that is they took one of the uh, original R2 units from the movie, Mm -hmm. made a cast of the tires, Mm -hmm. reversed it, and then pressed that down into the cement as they made the path. The R2 tracks continue down this curving tree-lined path until we arrive at the caves which are left behind by the creatures that inhabited Batu centuries ago. The Resistance likes to set up the ruins of ancient civilizations like on Yavin 4, says Imagineering creative director John Lorena, referring to the temple base targeted by the uh, Death Star in Star Wars. Inside the Pueblo-like carved living spaces of the ancient Batuans, Batuans? Bat-
1: Batuans, but yeah. The, sure. li- the line <laughs> of
0: would-be Resistance volunteers passes an animated gonk droid, which is basically a walking battery, powering the lights and communications gear. There is a lot of resistance tech in this first space that guests, uh, that will allow guests to pick up on transmissions that suggest a First Order Legion are approaching. There are other things to explore, too. The line winds through a cave with a dry aqueduct and shallow dips and the flat shelves of rocks. Once used to clean and wash things by ancient Batuans, they now provide space for guests to sit while traveling in the line. A little further along, the line waves through an ancient worship site, although the little alcoves in the wall lined with mineral weeping stones, are missing the sacred objects they once held. This is where the guests can use the Play Disney app to retrieve further information while online, uh, though sometimes it only raises questions without answers. Nearby is another mysterious room with numerous archways in the stone, sealed shut with smaller, smoother rocks. The line then heads into the Resistance Command Center. The good guys aren't very careful with ancient archaeology sites. They've used laser torches to carve open the ruins to create wider space for their blaster arsenal and flight equipment. The Play Disney app can be used to read the names on some of the X-Wing suits, which are written in the Star Wars language of Auerbesh. As you enter the heart of the Resistance Command, BB-8 appears, bearing a hologram of Rey, telling visitors they have to board a transport uh, shuttle for a mission led by Poe Dameron. From there, a bay, open, a bay door opens and guests are hustled out past Dameron's signature black Z-Wing into the cargo bay of a transport flown by Niem This is where the ride attraction begins. So that's just all the line getting yeah, there. Yeah. Which sounds like enough. Mm-hmm. Like, really, I mean, that would be right. just Might a be cool experience to walk mm-hmm. through. Once in the transport ship, guests will be spun 180 degrees. Large screens and music will help the guests feel as though they are taking off into space from Batuu. While on this flight, the transport ship will be captured by the First Order, forcing a landing in a First Order Star Destroyer hangar. Once landed in the hangar, guests will be brought to the hangar with animatronic stormtroopers, TIE fighters, and picturesque views of space. From there, guests will be told to move along to First Order move prison along. cells. In these cells, it is believed that guests will have some sort of animatronic droid offer explanation and
1: explain safety procedures. Hmm. Oh, safety procedures, so it'll be 3 b Yeah. Okay.
0: (laughs) Probably. Yeah. Guests will then be loaded into one of two trackless eight-person transports, both of which will travel through most of the attraction together. Now, I believe they had one of these set up at Star Wars Celebration. I don't know if you saw that or not. Yeah.
1: Mm -hmm. Yeah, they showed what the seats were going to look like, and there was a, I think they had a droid perched in the front of it. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And people could come up and and take pictures of what it looked like to sit in the seat and
0: During this trip, a rogue droid will hack the First Order mainframe which will cause your transport to quote-unquote take off as the escape mission begins. Throughout the ride, these transports will come face-to-face with the likes of Kylo Ren, Adats, take an elevator ride up where they will learn of the Resistance coming to save them and partake in an epic battle to save their own lives. At some point, the transport will fall into a Tower of Terror-type fall leading to blasting off into space, crash landing in an old warehouse, riding through the area for a bit, and finally exiting the attraction. I hope the
1: fall is what's not working. <laughs> like, I mean, I hope that's not what's not working. <laughs> like, I don't want to be getting on the ride and just all of a sudden, like, mm, yeah, this was the part we couldn't get right. <laughs> yeah, good luck. The fall, thank, really, thank you. That's awesome.
0: Um, the ride time for this attraction is rumored to be up to 30 minutes. Okay, that's what I
1: was thinking. Yeah. Okay. So it's, it's a little bit more along the lines of a mixture of a ride and... Like, the back lot tour. Yeah, the right yeah. ride right in a show. Yeah, yeah. Okay.
0: So, that's what I have for the two rides. hmm mm-hmm. um, Of course, it wouldn't be a Disney thing without other places for you to spend lots of money.
1: Of course. I did want, can I jump in real yeah. quick before you, before you get into some of that? I did find on the Disney Parks blog, um, they have, and I remember hearing talk about these... Uh, when I was at celebration this last weekend, and they have a I think a series of books. There's a first book that's coming out. Uh, do you have this in your notes about the books?
0: Mm-mm.
1: No, okay. so they have at least a series of books I think they're calling uh, Building Batu. And the first book, uh, the cover art for it was revealed uh, at the end of March and uh, it's called Galaxy's Edge Black Spire. And I thought this part was kind of interesting. They have kind of a background description of what this book is going to be about and it's kind of laying the foundation for what the story of Batu is and why the Resistance uh-huh. is there and everything else, to kind of go along with what you were saying about them, you know, making their base inside the ruins and everything else. So the description they have here, uh, in the book, the Galaxy's Edge Black Spire, the story begins with General Leia Organa and her top spy, Vi Marathi. After devastating losses at the hands of the First Order, Organa has dispatched her agents across the galaxy in search of allies, sanctuary, and firepower, and Vi may have just found all three on a secluded world at the Galaxy's Edge. A planet of lush forests, precarious mountains, and towering petrified trees... Batu is on the furthest possible frontier of the galactic map, the last settled world before the mysterious expanse known as Wild Space. The rogues, smugglers, and adventurers who eke out a living on the largest settlement on the planet, Black Spire Outpost, are here to avoid prying eyes and unnecessary complications. Vi, a resistant spy on the run from the First Order, is hardly a welcome guest. And when a shuttle full of stormtroopers lands in her wake, determined to root her out, she has no idea where to find help. To survive, Vi will have to ingratiate herself to a world that redefines scum and villainy, with the help of a traitorous trooper and her acerbic droid, she begins to gather a colorful band of outcasts and misfits and embarks on a mission to spark the fire of resistance on Batuu before the First Order snuffs it out entirely. Uh, so that book is coming out August 27th, so a couple of days before um, the Florida location opens up, mm-hmm. uh, written by New York Times bestselling author Delilah S. Dawson. So clearly they're kind of using that as a way to build that backstory of what Batuu is supposed to be sure. and how it fits into the rest of the movies and um, and and this does not get into my trailer speculation stuff but a couple of the pictures and a couple scenes they showed in the trailer i it, i wouldn't put it past them to have batuu as a location in the rise of skywalker because they did show some some uh, set photos of chewie and ray and leia mm-hmm. like in a jungle type location so like, well, this would be uh, the best maybe. time to do that because yeah. um,
0: they're they're halting Disney movies after this one, right? Or uh, halting Star, Star Wars, Wars movies, movies. Right. After this one
1: comes, out. and you out. don't have to. I mean, if it's at the very beginning of the movie, and that's where you know they're sending off Ray and everybody else, you know, to go on whatever mission they have to go on, then you don't have to spend a lot of time there. So it's not like you have to. You're not spending time in the movie building the mythology of this place Yeah, I, the story, I, I but think... You could at least show it, and then people, when kids go, they're like, oh, that was that movie. In the movie, that's where it was. It would
0: be really good for the brand right. to, to really tie it in that way. Yeah. But, yeah, who
1: knows? I don't know that it is. I, I just, I wouldn't be surprised, and I wouldn't be bothered if it was. Yeah. That would be kind of cool.
0: I wouldn't be bothered if it wasn't.
1: Yeah. yeah. But, yeah, I just saw that about that book, so I guess there's a series of books, and I, I don't think it's limited to just that one. I think that just happens to be the first one that's coming out, um... But, uh, but a series of books that will be kind of filling in some of the backstory of the Batu location.
0: So that's what I have for the amusement part of Galaxy's Edge. I'm amused. Well, you're amusing. <laughs> Thank you. You're welcome. Um, however, that's not all. That but wait, no, there's
1: more. Oh, there's more, <laughs> oh, John. Oh, oh man, there are I'm more sure ways. My for, bladder can take all this.
0: <laughs> there are more ways for you to give money to Disney. Okay, there, story of my life. Right? <laughs> just wait. Just wait until you go. Mm-hmm. So there are multiple restaurants, and there's probably even going to be more than what I was able to find in my research, but. Uh, One of the big ones is going to be Oga's Cantina Bar
1: and Restaurant. This is the one that I am the most excited about. Really? I, for my entire life, I've wanted to go into a place and be told they don't serve my kind here. And... I tell you that all the time. I know, but it's a little bit different. Okay. You have no authority, so that's why it's, <laughs> it's, it's not quite the same. It's funny because it's true. It's Yeah, it's true. Um, no, as soon as I saw this, I was like, well, and then when I heard they were building this Star Wars land, like before any details came out at all, my first thought was, I, I haven't gone to Disney anywhere near as much as you have, but my first <laughs> thought was Cantina. Mm-hmm. Like, I don't know what kind of rides they're going to put in this thing, but if they don't have a restaurant that looks like the Cantina from the original Star Wars movie, they completely missed the point here. Yeah, And as soon as I saw some of the first photos come out, and they're like, there will be a cantina that looks just like the cantina. I'm like, no, you don't need to tell me anything else. I'm sold. I'm there.
0: Well, so according to the Disney website, it says, welcome to the local cantina where bounty hunters, smugglers, rogue traders, and weary travelers of all ages come together to refuel, enjoy music, and conduct meetings, no questions asked. With an expansive menu of exotic concoctions for young ones and adults, the cantina is a welcome rest stop before your crew's next galactic journey. As you plan your next smuggling run, please enjoy some bold musical entertainment courtesy of droid DJR3X, a former Starspeeder 3000 pilot. The cantina adheres to proprietor Oga Gara's strict code of conduct, but patrons can be unpredictable, Mm. so just keep your head down and drink casual. Mm. For those who have long dreamed of visiting one of the galaxy's most infamous watering holes, infamous, 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 Infa- it's not just infam- famous, it's he's more famous. than famous, more infamous, the infamous, the infamous. infamous. Wow, uh, Infamous. it says Ogus Cantina brings that dream to life. Now, from what I've found, uh, you I can't even can tell anything. it's a male cantina, <laughs> <laughs>
1: <Moving> anyway. <on. laughs> um, along.
0: I can't find much information about specific menu items, mm-hmm. but. Uh, it's supposedly going to be a, a uh, it, it will feature a large bar filled with elaborate drinks. Mm-hmm. Guests will be able to go up to the bar, have a quick sit-down meal, or grab a bite from the bar and head to numerous standing tables. Price point is saying fourteen ninety nine and under per adult. So that's not bad. Okay, that's not bad. For Disney, that's not bad. Um, <clears throat> what I'm thinking about, though, is... They do have that, blue milk. I did hear about that. Yeah. Well, that's yeah, a whole other, have, that's
1: a whole other location. Oh, is it a different location? Yeah. Oh, I mean, they may okay. have it there as well. But, oh, okay. Okay. Okay.
0: Um, the thing that gets me about this is where it says patrons can, patrons can be unpredictable. Mm-hmm. So I'm wondering if they're going to have some sort of staged thing that right. happens throughout the day. Oh, I get to cut a guy's arm off. One could hope. <laughs> one mm-hmm. could hope. Oh, one yeah. could have a new hope mm-hmm. to be able to do such things. Mm-hmm. So I don't know what that means. but yeah, I'm so excited. You know, in, a, in a brand new park area where one of the two major rides is not going to be working yet, doesn't seem like a bad idea to try to have some sort of show or something take place mm-hmm. just as a way to still try to provide entertainment for uh, people that are coming to Galaxy's Edge. Yeah. The next big uh, restaurant is Docking Bay 7 Food and Cargo. Um, again, per the Disney website, At this restaurant, housed in a working hangar bay, choose from a variety of dishes prepared with ingredients from across the galaxy. All of it delicious, but none of it familiar. Chef uh, Strono Cookie Tugs has docked a food freighter loaded with fresh supplies, and he's ready to satisfy the appetites of visitors and locals alike with an array of exotic offerings. His planet-hopping travels allow him to prepare fare with unusual flavors that delight customers. Once you've got your grub, sit inside the space, uh, spacious hangar or grab a table in the rustic outdoor seating area surrounded by the crumbling crumbling walls of the old marketplace.
1: This is the one where the food looked a little bit more upscale, maybe. Yeah, For I think... For lack of a better term.
0: Yeah, I think this this one may be a little mm-hmm. bit... Uh, a little bit more upscale than the cantina. Mm-hmm.
1: Um, I may be trying the fried Andorian tip-yup. <laughs> uh, don't hurt yourself. Yeah, I'll try not to. Although I will say... In, in most of the photos, like, the food looks really good. That one, I don't know if it, I, I would imagine it's supposed to be, like, a piece of fried chicken or something like that. But I'm looking at it, and at first, I'm like, I don't know that this looks appetizing. Like, it almost looks like a giant piece of orange paste. <laughs> <laughs> like, maybe they could have gotten a better photographer on, on that one, but uh, light it and shellac it a little bit and make it look a little bit better. But I, the, the food looks great. I'm like...
0: Yeah, and again, according to the Disney mm-hmm. website, you're looking at a price point of fourteen ninety nine and under per adult. Okay. So okay. I'm again for Disney. Kind bad. of shocked mm-hmm. by that because it uh, that's usually one of the places where they tend to really dig deep into your pockets, because mm-hmm. they get you to spend a lot on food. Yeah. So who knows? This may all
1: change. Right. Once uh, once things get up and running. Uh, I did find a page that had some information to go back for a second to the mm-hmm. cantina okay. on some of the different drinks. Uh, they have the Carbon Freeze, Oga's Obsession, and Cliff Dweller. Uh, they have Mugen Tea, Blue Bantha, Bloody Rancor, and the Black Spire Brew. So they have all these. Oh, and then there's the Outer Rim, uh, which looks kind of like a um, uh, like a margarita. With uh, it looks like it maybe has like black salt on the edge of it. Mm. it kind of cool. The Bespin Fizz, uh, which I was listening to Rebel Force Radio podcast. And I like their take on it. They're like, Bespin Fizz. That even sounds like something Lando would say. I want a Bespin Fizz. (laughs) Uh, The Yub Nub and the Fuzzy (laughs) Tauntaun. Well,
0: (laughs) I mean, people's personal preferences aside, they can go in and and sample
1: and enjoy what they uh, really tickles their tauntaun. Tickles your tauntaun, yep. Yubs your nub. (laughs) (laughs) Moving on. (laughs) (laughs) Moving on. Um, (laughs) They're not going to (laughs) let us in. (laughs) <laughs> We're can not I, be allowed no, in. There. They're going to let you in. Well, they're not going to let I'm you in. I'm going to, deny they knowing serve you. my kind here.
0: Unless Disney wants to, you know, bring in people such as ourselves if for they a trial. Need unruly like guests.
1: a soft opening? Oh, absolutely. I'm okay with I that. I can totally be a bounty
0: hunter. I would easily pay my own way down there mm-hmm. if they said, we'll let you in for free. Mm-hmm. I, I will come up with a way to explain to my wife mm-hmm. and one year old that I'm leaving for a couple of days mm-hmm. because my priority happens to be Galaxy's
1: Edge. Mm-hmm. I have my mm-hmm. entire backstory all set. After, You've, after
0: you have to share that with me later. Maybe not on air. But.
1: Well, I, very, very quickly. So, well, You're in your the, basement right now, so no, no, no. sound is
0: going to travel through vents. Well, that's true. That's true. Your wife's uh, My
1: backstory is: I'm the son of the Rancor Keeper. You have to dress like the Rancor yes. Keeper. Yes. Well, that's actually not good for anybody. Yeah, well, I, if they want characters, I'm happy to be a character, and I'm happy to be an unruly character. And and son of the Rancor keeper who's devastated by his father who loved the Rancor more than a, in his own son, so I've got some emotional baggage. Okay, I'm happy to go to Disney. Well, there's Bowl a lot right of baggage now. that will be. I, there would be shown. a lot of physical and mm-hmm. emotional there's baggage. A lot of baggage. There. <laughs> yeah. So I'm I've come up with the story. I'm, I'm totally happy to just sit at the bar and down a whole bunch of yub nubs, and and Bespin fizzes and fuzzy you know, tauntauns, and, and whatever they need.
0: Next restaurant I have, mm-hmm. the Ronto Roasters Barbecue. Mm-hmm. I, I like this one.
1: Yeah, well, I'm I always for a good barbecue. Th- this might be
0: where I would spend mm-hmm. more time. Uh, the first thing you'll see when you enter is, eight D J eight, an animatronic droid complaining about his job turning the spit of meat over a fire. Hmm. Uh, well, if he uh, wants to be relieved, right? I mean, I'm, again, meat totally over a fire is mm-hmm. not a bad way to go. Mm-hmm. The restaurant takes its name from the large pack animals used as beasts of burden by the Jawas on Tatooine. Mm-hmm. The proprietor of Ronto Roasters is Bakar a pod racing fan who pays tribute to the sport throughout the eatery. Mm. Pod racing flags and memorabilia line the walls, while the actual cooking of the space meat is done on a repurposed pod racing engine.
1: I've seen that picture. They have yeah, a picture of the, really cool. like the pod racing engine almost as like a, a furnace. or like, mm-hmm. a, yeah, like a centerpiece in the middle of the, the restaurant area.
0: On the menu, you'll find a mix of sweet and spicy flavors, a culinary nod to the light and dark sides of the force. Uh, Brian Piasecki, Disney World uh, Culinary Director for Concept Development, says, We know that we are stuck with serving food within our planet, but we had to think about it differently. We had to think about some of those flavors of Morocco and those flavors of Asia, because uh, that yin and yang, that sweet and that spicy, it all became very important in the development of the story. The Ronto Wrap is a handheld sandwich with spicy Portuguese sausage and sliced roast pork on a pita. It's served with the house clutch sauce, a spicy uh, Szechuan peppercorn sauce. Well, don't tell those Rick and Morty fans about the Szechuan sauce. No. At Ronto I'm glad I already Brewster's. had lunch today. Right? I'm kind of I... wishing that I brought lunch instead of peanut butter cups. Yeah. yeah. Uh, there's also the turkey jerky that is made in-house and offered in two flavors, spicy herb and sweet teriyaki. All of that sounds delicious. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Anytime you have meat over open fire... Mm-hmm. I will most likely be there. Mm-hmm. Um, it'd be cool if they did like uh, like a Brazilian barbecue mm-hmm. sort of place. They just take the the spigot of meat mm-hmm. off the or off the skewer of meat off the spigot, and, and they then just walk around with lightsabers. it, slice it uh, onto your plate.
1: I mm-hmm. don't they have those places that like they serve it to you on a sword.
0: Yeah, yeah, like uh, Texas de Brazil yes. or uh, Fogo de Chão, which mm-hmm. is some place I love. Fogo de Chão, if you ever want to. Uh, be an advertiser. On us, corporate sponsorship. 30 Podcast. I'm okay with that, and I'm sure my cohorts, John and Pat and Dennis and Love Pump or whatever the yes. other guy's name is. Love Fest. Love Fest. <laughs> that's, that's different. Um, yeah, we would love to uh, maybe even set up a recording <laughs> you session. You took that to 11. <laughs> uh, set up a recording session within the confines of your walls. Absolutely. So those seem to be the three big restaurants that I can find, mm-hmm. the more of the sit-down type restaurants. Um, then they have a couple of uh, other snack type shops. One is Cat Saka's Kettle. Mm-hmm. This is a popcorn snack shop. Not much is known about that one, yeah. But one of the varieties of popcorn they'll be selling is called the Outpost Mix, which is a mix of sweet and savory popcorn. Nice. Uh, the other one, and this is the the no brainer, mm-hmm. is uh, the milk stand. Mm-hmm. Per the Disney website, no visit to Star Wars Galaxy's Edge is complete without a frosty confection from the milk stand. The vendors at this quirky stall offer travelers an invigorating, refreshing drink that is a favorite among the locals. Thirsty visitors can now try both these exotic uh, galactic delicacies for themselves as they live on their own Star Wars adventures. $14 and under per adult. So this is where you're going to be able to get the blue milk Mm -hmm. uh, from New Hope and the green milk from uh, The Last
1: Jedi. Mm. Hopefully, you don't have to retrieve the milk the same way as Luke did. Directly from the source.
0: Although, that could make for a fun experience. I
1: guarantee you, when I go here and I drink one of those, I'm going to have somebody take a video of me making that same face that Luke makes when he drinks down the <laughs> green milk. <laughs> and it'll be just as creepy. Probably. Mm-hmm. Probably. But what, one thing I did here was that, because obviously you're in Florida, and it's it's a little warm outside. Um, you're probably not going to be walking around drinking milk. Milk was a bad choice. (laughs) Milk would be a bad choice. My understanding is the blue milk, at least, is a little bit more like a um, milkshake kind of thing. It's a little thicker, and it's not. I guess it's non-dairy, and it's also a little bit more of a milkshake consistency. So it's not quite, it's not like you're drinking a glass of milk in the middle of a hot Florida day. I like (laughs) milkshakes. Yeah. Apparently the green one has a little bit more of a citrusy flavor to it. Mm. So Interesting. Yeah. I, basically, I'm I'm going to be like the size of Jabba the Hutt by the time I leave Galaxy's Edge, is what I'm understanding.
0: What size do you know?
1: Rancor Keeper's son. <laughs>
0: <laughs> um, so that's all I have on eateries. Yeah. that's, that's enough.
1: <laughs> um, well, and they say there's more to come. So I'm yeah. Like, okay. That, uh, what I mean, more that's a pretty do good I sampling.
0: <laughs> yeah. I mean, I, unless. Uh, the Force Awakens. Maz
1: Yeah, Maz castle. Like, yeah, if, she,
0: yeah. Like, if that pops up somewhere, mm-hmm. it's another... Well, and from, from
1: what I hear, and I'm, and I'm sure you've got this you know, kind of in one of your next pieces of your notes, is um, in the panel that they had at Celebration, they kind of referenced that a lot of the eateries and the marketplace area will remind you very much of like Mas Kanata's castle. Um, they made a point of saying that all these places, the restaurants, the the marketplace area, that it's all going to be, you know, whatever whatever level of fan you are of Star Wars, whether you know a little or you know a lot, they said you'll be able to find stuff from every era of Star Wars. You'll find, you know, just like in Maz's Castle, you have all those banners out front, all the flags mm-hmm. of the different either tribes or different groups from around the galaxy, um, you know, and there's little, you can see like little artifacts of things all over the place, and that's what they were saying in the... Um, in the panel that the way they've designed this is there will be easter eggs and stuff everywhere like you just, everywhere you turn you'll see something. like the podracer being the the oven for um, well, yeah i definitely get the sense the that, the, yeah. you know
0: no opportunity will have
1: been wasted yeah in, in the they made a point they made a point of saying that the planet they they were specific about the planet of Batu being a planet that obviously has been around and has seen every era of star wars therefore you will have prequel clone wars Original trilogy, sequel trilogy, like Mm -hmm. you'll have everything from all of the different eras of Star Wars, and maybe other stuff that we haven't seen yet. So, all right, I'm gonna have to get a really good night's rest the (laughs) night before because I feel like the experience of going here is going to be like when I went to go see Ready Player One in the theater, and like my eyes were open. Like, don't take a bathroom break because I know I want to be able to find. There's that reference to that movie. There's that Mm -hmm. reference to that, and like my eyes are just gonna be all over the place. in in Galaxy's Edge looking for this stuff.
0: Well, one of the biggest tips that I can give anyone that that is planning a Disney trip is you need to build in a break day. Mm -hmm. Um, The first time Katie and I went, we were there for four days. And the first afternoon night we did Epcot, the next day we did Magic Kingdom, the day after that we did Hollywood Studios, and the morning after that we did Animal Kingdom and then Mm -hmm. we flew home. That was a lot. Mm Mm-hmm. And we should have done a a break day. Mm-hmm. Um, one of our other trips, we just, okay, we're just going to focus on Magic Kingdom and Epcot. Mm-hmm. Magic Kingdom day came first, and we ended up doing 15 hours mm-hmm. at the Magic Kingdom. True. Uh, you know, got there for Rope Drop, which was cool. Mm-hmm. Stayed until after the fireworks. Mm-hmm. It was a long day. And then yeah. we did Epcot the next day. And then again, but, you know, even though we were cutting back on everything we were doing, mm-hmm. it was a, l- Epcot was a long day because it's a much bigger park than magic kingdom right a lot more walking especially when you start uh, doing all the countries right so this last time we went down uh this past december we uh put a couple of days in between magic kingdom day and epcot day and that made it a lot easier so there's one of my tips for any disney travelers is you know plan on just trying to get a break in there Somewhere, and your mm-hmm. multiple days of staying. Yeah, and I, I think
1: we were talking before, and I mentioned that we're going to be going down this next summer, the summer 2020, and um, we're trying to fit in what we're going to do. I think we're going to be there for about a week, okay. and we're going to do at least a couple of the Disney spots, and we're going to do a little bit of Universal because I know okay. we, we want to get over to the Harry Potter area at Universal, um, and I think we've got some stuff built in so that we're not like back to back days mm-hmm. at these parks because, yeah, it. it Sensory overload for the kids and, <laughs> and exhaustion and for the adults. And yeah,
0: um, I've never done. I've never been to Universal. Okay, I, it's definitely on my list. Mm-hmm. I do know that if I well, based on my research when I was trying to plan possibly doing that, I don't think they do a fast pass system the way Disney does. They have a they have a different so have system, similar, yeah. which is a uh, a cost add on. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's definitely something to make sure you're yeah. You're looking at yeah, but anyway, we can do a whole other podcast about going to Disney oh, if absolutely. you want because I'm totally down. Mm-hmm. Disney being Disney, they're still going to get your money because they are. There are a number of novelty shops. Yeah, they are. to. Uh, to throw your wallet at Bob Iger. Mm-hmm. So the first one that I that I have here is Savi's Workshop. Are you familiar with Savi's Workshop? Um, No, I've heard the name. So this is a customizable lightsaber shop.
1: Yes,
0: okay. So uh, guests can travel uh, to Black Spire Outpost, where a group known as the Gatherers mm-hmm. will usher you into a, a covert workshop packed with unusual parts, whimsical pieces, and miscellaneous memorabilia collected from the far reaches of the galaxy. Under their guidance, you can construct your very own one-of-a-kind lightsaber and bring it uh, to life through the power of kyber crystals. Builders beware, you must protect the shop's secrecy to avoid being discovered by the First Order. I don't know what that means, but again, I like that its they're trying to turn that into some sort of immersive, mm-hmm. immersive, immersive, mm-hmm. immersive experience. Yeah. Uh, you can select from the following lightsaber themes. You can do a piece of and justice-themed lightsaber. Utilized uh, utilized salvage scraps of fallen Jedi temples and crashed starships and Republic-era lightsaber designs that honor the galaxy's former guardians. The guardians of the galaxy? Could be. Oh, crossover.
1: <clears throat> Did everybody tell you my theory about that? No. That in the comics and some of the books, they've talked about these force trees that are like a, a locus for the force. And that how there's a force tree in the middle of the Jedi Temple on Coruscant, and there and there's the tree that was on Aktu and in The Last Jedi. I said Groot is a force tree. Oh yeah, man. Yeah. Because why not? Why not? That perfect crossover. Do it. Fire it up. Do it. Mm-hmm. Run it uh, again.
0: <laughs> the next theme available is the power and control theme. Mm-hmm. Originally forged by warriors from the dark side. Objects used in this lightsaber style are rumored remnants from the Sith homeworld and abandoned temples. There's the elemental nature uh, theme. You can craft your lightsaber from special components born from the Force, an energy created by all living things like uh, brylark trees, cartesian whale bones, and even raincore teeth. And then there's the protection and defense theme. Incorporate hilt materials bearing mysterious motifs and inscriptions that reconnect users with the ancient wellspring of the Force. Okay. Which theme would you go after? Peace and justice, power and control, elemental nature, or protection and defense? Maybe
1: the peace and justice? Okay. Yeah.
0: That's what I was thinking, too. hmm
1: The elemental ones are kind of fun. If, if, and I'm trying to picture this in my head without seeing any pictures of it, if it's... Because basically what we're talking about is basically the design of the lightsaber hilt mm-hmm. and what that's going to look like. And I've seen, like some of the, when I've seen those custom-made uh, sabers and when other shops online have done things like this, they look really cool. Um, at C2E2 this last year, they had one of the sellers, the Ultra Sabers, was selling the custom-made lightsabers. And I actually got one at C2E2. It's one of the ones you can actually fight with because the blades are strong enough to whack other people with or other blades with. I buy um, that when I teach? Sure, I'll bring it in for you. Great. (laughs) I need a new discipline stick. They uh, they were doing a special deal at the show. You could buy a a mystery saber. You didn't know what it was going to be for $75. And it could be their most basic one. It could be on up to, uh, you know, whatever the highest one with sound and, you know, know, motion detection and things like that. um, I ended up getting like, just above basic with mine, but you paid like seventy five bucks. Normally, these things are hundreds of dollars. Mm-hmm. Seventy five bucks got one of the basic sabers. Um, had to get the color changed for an extra thirty dollars because it was red. I'm like, I'm not a Sith. I'm not going to do a red saber. So, really? Yeah. Really? Yeah. I got to change mm. to green. I don't know if I believe you. But I'm that. more of a I'm more of a Jedi Consular. I'm more of the I fight the Force with my mind because physically it's not going to work. <laughs> <laughs> you are a Force physically. I, physically, yes. Yeah, so you know, just ram into things. Um, so uh, that'd probably be the one I'd go with, though.
0: Yeah, probably me too. The, mm-hmm. the peace and justice mm-hmm. seems more,
1: or most like mm-hmm. me. I can, I can see my daughter going for the natural stuff. Yeah, I mean that mm-hmm. sounds
0: cool. I just I don't know. The power and control one could be really cool too. Yeah,
1: that was that would be my other choice.
0: Um, of course, these are going to be incredibly expensive. Oh yeah, I'm quite sure. Um, there's another place uh, where people. I guess you can make your own lightsaber and the cost there is, is starting around 150.
1: Okay. That and that seems about right cuz that's you know if you were to buy the, the Hasbro has like the official replica lightsabers they're not like the official replicas but they're kind of the toy version the Force FX lightsabers mm-hmm. those start at about 150. Um
0: so the next shop I have is Mubo's Droid Depot.
1: I've heard of this one, Build Your Own Droid. Yeah, Yeah. so
0: uh, it's a workshop stocked with stacks of parts, chips, manuals, and other tech items useful constructing your very own droid, one of the galaxy's most indispensable sidekicks. These droids will be roughly the size of a toaster, Mm -hmm. all said and done. Uh, Pick from the popular BB series or R series unit, then begin designing, building, and activating your droid. It's an exciting, interactive experience galactic travelers will never forget. Plus, you'll have the opportunity to purchase pre-made and premium Droids model kits and accessories, as well as a cool collection of unique upcycled objects crafted from scrap parts. Nice. I have no price point for any of these. Yeah, no. <laughs> but I can imagine <laughs> That's pretty, yeah. probably gonna be looking fifty bucks to start. I would assume. Right. Knowing what I know of Disney. Yeah. When they charge me twenty-five dollars for a T-shirt. Right. Can't imagine this is going to be affordable.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Uh, there's the Toydarian Toy Maker. This shop is run by Zebeka, the Toydarian. Guests can purchase art and collectibles and toys and plush that offer a more homemade quality to them. So I saw pictures of these. Mm -hmm. And they're not, I mean, by design, Mm -hmm. they definitely look like um, Grandma was... Putting together, you know, grab some old scraps of, of cloth and stitch stuff together. They
1: talked about this in the panel. Like mm-hmm. They said because as I was looking around, some other stuff. I mean, they have plenty of shops where you can buy keychains and you can buy stuff like that. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, your regular your regular souvenir type fare. <laughs> um, But in the panel, they were talking about this part of it, specifically. And they said, we wanted things in the marketplace, we wanted things to look like you were really in the Star Wars universe. So we took the idea of, you know, in Rogue One, Jin Erso has the little Stormtrooper toy. Mm -hmm. And it looks like a little, almost like a little rag doll, or a little, you know, made out of yarn, or something like that. So they said, with with a portion of the sellers, they would be selling items that look like they were made in-universe. Like, that you would be, if you lived in the Star Wars galaxy these are the toys you would play with. These are the toys that would be made and purchased right. and whatever at a marketplace in the Star Wars universe. So that kind of sounds like the Tordarian toy maker is, is that's what they're yeah. doing with that one. And, again, I don't have any price points or anything mm-hmm. in that store.
0: Um, then there's Doc Ondar's Den of Antiquities.
1: Yeah, I heard about this one. This one sounds like it's a little bit more upscale. Yes and maybe, no. In terms of, it, it sounds like it was... Um, uh, you know, you could buy some more like replica lightsaber type stuff mm-hmm. or, um, you know, a little bit of like statues of certain figures or creatures or aliens. Or, yeah. sound like this one might be a little bit more expensive. And this was a place
0: that uh, that said that you can build your own lightsaber there mm-hmm. as well, starting uh, around 150 bucks. Yeah. Um, but I mean, this has apparel and accessories, art and collectibles, camera and media, food, gifts and housewares, pins, toys, plush. You can get uh, themed Magic Bands, which I've not done because I don't see the need for that. Right. Um, shoes. Uh, specifics include Jedi and Sith artifacts, Holocron cubes, mm-hmm. Jedi archives, and historic lightsabers. Mm-hmm. So this seems this may be the biggest shop out of everything because it's not like there's just going to be a whole bunch of stuff there.
1: Mm-hmm. Uh, then there's. They said I also saw that part of that is there's an upstairs section of that shop that is um, either models or replicas from the movies. Okay. They're going to have, like, a full-size Wampa suit uh, and all kinds of other stuff. I guess in the upstairs <laughs> section, it's not shopping. It's not, you can't buy anything up there, but it's supposed to be, like, a, it almost looks like a taxidermied, you know, aliens of the galaxy or creatures of the galaxy kind of thing that's more of a, almost like a museum or a showcase. That's kind cool. of cool. deal. Yeah. And I said that the, uh, what is his name, Doc Ondar? Um mm-hmm. That he is, he's a hammerhead, one of the hammerhead characters, um, and that he is an animatronic character that is up on a perch in the shop. And what I read, or I think they might have mentioned in the panel too, was that at different times with the help of a Disney employee, you can go up and you can barter with him. Uh, and randomly he'll just be, he'll either be taking calls from people who are trying to buy stuff from him over a communicator and he'll get angry or he'll be like really excited about how much money he's making and, and I guess apparently you can try to go barter with him and there'll be some interactive elements to it. Um, but they've already said, they're like, don't expect he'll give you a discount. Uh, (laughs) You can argue with him, but, and you can haggle with him, but don't expect you will get a discount and be careful. You might end up paying more. (laughs) I
0: wonder how that's going to work. Yeah. I mean, I'm sure a lot of it's going to be pre-recorded. Right. Right. Um, Disney, at the Magic Kingdom at least, used to have a meet and greet with Mickey that was a talking Mickey. Oh, okay. It was kind of weird. Mm-hmm. We were, you know, I mean, it was it was neat to see that technology, but we yeah. were, also it was a little, little it was very different. Okay. Um, a little unsettling? And I'm trying, I, I couldn't quite figure out exactly how it was done. I'm assuming that a lot of it was just pre-recorded dialogue. Mm-hmm. Like, but it it would, you could kind of interact with it, but you were also more led in the dialogue by what Mickey was saying, so you could respond to Mickey, but not Mm -hmm. uh, have a a, a true conversation. Mm -hmm. I don't know, it it was weird. So I'm assuming they'll they'll probably do the same type of thing with uh, with Doc Ondar, but what do I know? Yeah. Uh, Then there's Bina, Bina, Bina's creature stall.
1: Mm. And this this is probably where my daughter is going to want to spend most of her time.
0: Yeah, and and this is probably where I'll probably spend some money. Uh, plush replicas of different Star Wars creatures from the movies, including Tauntauns, Porgs, Wampas, and
1: more. Mm-hmm. Oh, great! We'll come home with more Porgs because <laughs> we don't already have like an entire flock of Porgs in her bedroom.
0: Well, you know they're tasty. Mm-hmm. That'd be a good dish. Sir, I bet the
1: oh, uh, man so tasty. Uh, Ronto Roasters Barbecue, Fried pork. Well, because. Could you, they, could you actually, could you imagine? That would be outstanding. What a could great be like, time. It would be like a little pheasant type thing, but, you know, it's actually labeled as pork. That would be amazing. That would be so at awesome. At the episode nine panel, the last question I think they asked anybody was they asked the, is his name Junis or Eunice, the guy who plays Chewbacca mm-hmm. now, like, how does pork taste? Stephen Colbert, that was his last yeah. question. He's like, they taste best fried. And I was like, at Disney, you need to have fried pork. It needs to happen. Maybe it will be like a fried pork cart. Ooh. Could be. It would be like medieval times where are just walking around with that giant drumstick. Oh, man. You could have like little pork sticks. <laughs> Anywho. Uh-huh. All right, so Pork what were... rinds. <laughs> <laughs> God. Oh, Disney, if you're looking to hire anybody, just like an ideas person, I'm really kind of a big picture ideas kind of guy. He's just more of a big guy. I'm just more of a big guy that has ideas. Yes. So if you want to hire either of us, you know, Jeff and I will come down and and give you all kinds of ideas. We are ahead of our time. Yes. About
0: two minutes ahead. Uh, Just a couple. That's Mm -hmm. it. Yeah. We we don't want to get too much further. We don't go that fast. No. Mm -mm. Very slow. Mm -hmm. Um... So that was the creature stall. Yeah. Finally, there's the Black Spire Outpost fashion. Mm-hmm.
1: This is where I may spend most of my time. Yeah, this is kind of
0: cool because it's not just a clothing store, but mm-hmm. it's more thematic. Yeah. First order themed clothing, helmets, journals, water bottles, and more. On the other side of Galaxy's Edge, there's uh, supposed to be a resistance themed mm-hmm. uh, shop as well that will sell the same type of items, but with resistance theme as opposed to a first order theme. Yeah. So that's what I have in terms of uh, amusements and restaurants and shops. Yeah.
1: Now. Is there more?
0: Well, there's a, a, a little bit more.
1: Oh, but not, I don't know if I can take any more.
0: Not not much. Okay.
1: All right. The hotel. Okay, we've already had a conversation. Well, not you and me, but my family, we've already had a conversation about this. We're not staying at any of the hotels. Mm-hmm. I think we're going to get a house because there's just going to be a, a bunch of us going. Okay. I think we that found is. that's going to be the less expensive option for us, um, so we're going to do we're going to do one of those houses you can rent, and like the different rooms have different themes and all that other stuff. I just,
0: that's what we did over uh, so did. over winter break.
1: Okay, yeah, it's kind I, of cool. I think I think that's what we're going to do. But as soon as I saw the first pictures of the hotel, and it, like it, it looks like you're staying in a space station or you're staying in you know one of these locations, I looked at that and I was like, I, I want to stay there. <laughs> I know I'm we're not go going there. to, but want to want to so much stay there.
0: Um, so here's what I have. Yeah. No, I don't have much. Okay. about the hotel because really right now it's still just a concept and right. at least what they've shared with mm-hmm. uh with, with the, the nobodies like us right um but the planned star wars hotel is uh set to seamlessly connect to galaxy's edge uh it's reported that the hotel we built south of galaxy's edge and east of world drive so for those of you that are familiar with the area world mm-hmm. drive is the the main road that takes guests into the disney world properties mm-hmm. And uh, it does go right along Hollywood Studios. So when I was there in December, I could see the back of uh, some of the Galaxy's Edge stuff. Okay. Um, Now, I'm assuming that this hotel would take up some of the current parking lot at Hollywood Studios, Mm -hmm. uh, which which suggests they may do more with parking at that park. I don't know if there's ideas for doing some sort of uh, parking garage uh, like uh, has been done other places, but... If they're going to take up some of the parking lot area to build this hotel structure, mm-hmm. then it would make sense to do uh, to do that. Yeah. This is expected and said to be a fully immersive experience where guests of the hotel will board a starship that comes alive around them, including views of space from all windows.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Per that, the that was the
1: part that got me. That was the part that I was like, mm, I want to go there.
0: Per the Disney company, from the moment you board your launch pod, it's a fully immersive multi-day Star Wars adventure aboard a luxury starship complete with, a high, with, with uh, high-end dining space view cabins and all the exciting action you would expect from an authentic Star Wars experience. Mm-hmm. Planning and development is still underway. There's no proposed opening or groundbreaking date for this project. Okay. Now I'm done. Oh, man. That's my seven and a half pages of Disney's Galaxy's Edge.
1: I'm not going to have any money left. Like, I hope my kids don't want to go to college. Because it's not happening. After well, we so hear,
0: there, there's been another uh, ticket price increase I heard about that too. for Disney. <laughs> oh, Which... great.
1: Just in time for us to go. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, hey, maybe they have a cheaper option for the hotel. You know, sometimes in uh, Japan, like in Tokyo, they have those, like, uh, little pod things that people can sleep in.
0: Mm-hmm. Like those,
1: little, You just, like, slide into it, and that's where you sleep for the night. It's, like, it's cheaper than doing a hotel. Maybe they have, like, that, but it looks like a carbonite slab. Maybe they just like slide you into a carbonite slab, and you can just pay for the night, and, and that's where you sleep. I'd go with that. That's probably what I could afford. All right. I mean, a little awkward when I wake up the next morning and I can't see, but yeah, it is what it is. You get what you pay for.
0: <laughs> you better. You get what you're paying. <laughs> yeah.
1: Right. Um, yeah, I heard about the price increase, so that's that's not cool, but you know.
0: Yeah, uh, my one of my wife's cousins texted me last night, uh, and just. Want to know like ballparks so what do you think it would cost to do three nights at disney for two people said <laughs> <So laughs> i wish i could tell you it depends on what parks mm-hmm. what hotel level you want to be at what uh, what kind of what, what dates what kind of a mortgage you can get on your house right. what dates you want to go because i mean that can affect everything yeah now that being said disney does a terrific job of providing so much access for you to mm-hmm. make it as easy as possible right if you stay on property you know they've got the uh, magical express bus which goes from the orlando airport and will drop you off right at your resort okay and vice versa will pick you up from your resort and bring you back there's also depending on where you're staying um there's bus lines that run to all the different areas all the different parks some air uh, some places the um port orleans hotel resort has uh a little bit of, like, a 15, maybe 20-minute boat ride that will take you to Disney Springs, okay. which is the downtown shopping Disney, uh, downtown, formerly downtown Disney shopping area. Mm-hmm. So, you know, th- and they've got this new Skyliner system going in, um, which resembles more of um, what you'd see if you were in the mountains skiing, yeah. that sort of ski lift. So mm-hmm. not so much the bench ski lift, but more individual or um, enclosed pod uh, containers that will hold probably six to eight people. Okay. Um, so, I mean, they're doing what they can to really make it easy for you to travel to get from where you need to be.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: When we went two years ago... Two years ago? A year ago, yeah. yeah. January of 18 when we went, mm-hmm. we ended up going on one of the coldest days of the year. and I don't think it reached 40 degrees. Mm-hmm. So we had a hard time just getting to the park because when you drive separately, not on property, you have to go to the Ticket and Transportation Center, park your car there, and then travel from there to whatever park. And to get to Magic Kingdom from there, you can either take the monorail or a ferry, neither of which were working right because it was so cold. Mm-hmm. So it took us probably close to two hours to get from there just to the front gate of okay. Magic Kingdom. But, you know, they do what they can to you know try to make it as convenient as possible for right. For uh, for the guests that are staying there, so you know, there's a lot of opportunity there for uh, for a relaxing vacation. Friday, you really understand how Disney works mm-hmm. and how it's intended to do its thing, Right. and you work within their guidelines. So, yeah, I'm excited for you. I'm excited. For, I'm that's, excited for your family.
1: That's a lot of stuff. <laughs> yeah. It's and I'm hoping. It, I, I'm not going to hold my breath on it. I'm hoping that since we're going next summer, summer of 2020, that it's at least slowed down a little bit. I don't think so. But at least it's not brand new. I summer would be worried if I was going this summer. Summer
0: <laughs> of 2020 is going to be the first summer of That's where
1: Galaxy's Edge will be available. Because it will have been end of August. Because it's it very, very
0: end of August. Yeah. So, so. I mean... Disney's crowded.
1: Right. It's going to be, and we're just you know, kind the, of accepting that. You know,
0: the people talk about peak days and non-peak mm-hmm. days and peak months and non-peak months. Right. It's crowded. Right. It gets a lot of people. Yeah. Um, you know, they're, they're doing a lot of projects right now trying just to expand walkways in right. a lot of the parks. They just drained the uh, the moat around the castle in Magic Kingdom mm-hmm. in Florida because they need to expand some of the walkways. Okay. So, it was clearly designed and built mm-hmm. for a time when there weren't as many
1: people Right. Going. Right. Well, and I think what we're going to have to do when we go is just we're going to have to pick the, the couple of places maybe that we really want to go to and focus on that. So we may not do more than – we may do Magic Kingdom and Galaxy's Edge, and that might be it for our Disney days. Because um, I, I know we also want to make it a universal, but then we also want to just do some things around Orlando. I think with
0: with a family, that would probably be the – best option because mm-hmm. those places will offer the most amusement right. the most rides right. magic kingdom of course right um yeah. but out of animal kingdom epcot and hollywood studios where galaxy's edge mm-hmm. is, that's hollywood studios is going to have more traditional ride type things right, right. um animal kingdom has um, pandora land mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. which i've never been in right but well, other than that since the I rest mean, of the family
1: has really not seen those movies i can't imagine Anybody being, they've got some cool rides there. Don't get me wrong,
0: but I think Hollywood Studio and Hollywood Studios, Mm -hmm. if you stay long enough in the evening, you should go check out Fantasmic, which is their. uh, It is a character based show. The idea is that Mickey falls asleep and his dreams get taken over by Disney villains and it turns into a nightmare. Oh, nice! Um,
1: But it's really cool how it's Mm -hmm. done. it's a little bit like Fantasia. Is it mixed with music? And it's definitely...
0: It's about a half hour okay. mixed with music, and it's, some of it is uh, the characters doing live uh, performances. Some of it is projections on screens, mm-hmm. but these screens are made of water. So water sprays cool. up in the air, and then the projections are done on oh, there. Cool. So that when the live actors mm-hmm. uh, need to take the stage, they the just, turn off, yeah, they just okay. turn off the water and... Nice. No it's one of my, it's that it's one of my favorite things about okay. Disney is doing is seeing Fantasmic.
1: Yeah. I remember I, we we uncovered some video that we found on an old videotape in a, a camera that my dad had. Um, and I inherited a whole bunch of his stuff that just nobody knew what was in any of this and I found videotape of when we went to Disney as kids and I still remember like the the we spent a ton of time waiting in line to get the autographs of the Ninja Turtles. When it was MGM Studios, mm-hmm. um, we also went to the Indiana Jones stunt show. Mm-hmm. Like I remember that being one of my favorite things to go to. They had a Muppet show uh, that they did. Um, That's still there. Is it still there? M- okay. Muppet
0: Vision three D. Yeah, I, uh, I don't know. Well, it's now it's it's right, it, well, it was, it's been Muppet
1: Vision three D for quite a while. Okay, well, this would have been in like ninety one ninety maybe. I don't know. if I it was. If it was I don't know if it was Muppet then. Vision three D when it was then. But yeah, it was. Um, but, yeah, I, there's just there's certain things I'm like, if it's there, I'd like to go back and do that again. But I, knowing my family, I know we're going to spend a decent amount of time at Galaxy's Edge. We're going to spend, and I, the Magic Kingdom, I think, would be the biggest spot for us to go to. And it's, Disney-wise, it, when you think it, Disney, It's a must.
0: Yeah. Definitely for me. But, yeah. you know, Katie knows that any trip we take to, to Disney World, mm-hmm. Magic
1: Kingdom, is mm-hmm. it, it's a done deal. Yeah. And as much as my daughter has become, and my sister is a huge Harry Potter fan, and my daughter has become a huge Harry Potter fan, we've already figured out like we need to go to mm-hmm. Universal for one of those days and hit up the Diagon Alley and the you know all that stuff. And I, From what I hear, Universal has split Harry Potter into two different parks now. Um, so yeah. you have to mm-hmm. go to two different parks if you want to get the whole experience. I'm like, uh, let's just, we'll do one. <laughs> we'll do one. And if we make it back to Orlando ever again, then we, we can do the other ones. But um, we'll just... We'll try to space this out and not overwhelm ourselves so we actually have a good time doing these things.
0: At the Magic Kingdom, um, they're building a new roller coaster okay. next to Space Mountain. So again, mm-hmm. for those of you that are familiar with Magic Kingdom, this is going to be that area just behind the um, the Speedway where the cars run on the tracks, just next, next to um, Space Mountain, kind of where that path went from Tomorrowland... Up to um, the kids area. And this is going to be the Tron themed.
1: Oh, okay. Roller yeah.
0: coaster. Nice. It looks as though they're trying to get this thing built, so it'll be opened um, in time for uh, Disney World's 50th anniversary in 2021. Okay. So hopefully that won't. That's not going to bring too much of a draw for you in 2020. Yeah, yeah. I'm trying to think. I don't think there's anything else being done at the Magic Kingdom mm-hmm. other than the new Tron coaster. Okay. Um, there's video of it, though, because there's one at Disneyland Shanghai Oh, okay. that
1: um, mm-hmm. looks pretty cool. Yeah, but Cool. <laughs> um, they did announce, because just the other day was the last day of Star Wars Celebration, they mm-hmm. did announce that they're going back to Anaheim for next year. Um, non- yeah. Non-U.S. Star Wars fans were not happy. <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> they were, they're like, the U.S. has already had theirs in Chicago. Let's let it be somewhere else in the world. So they weren't happy about that. But um, clearly, I think that's an attempt to have Star Wars Celebration be you know, at Disneyland or as close to Disneyland as possible for the, you know, first, like you said, the first summer of Galaxy's Edge. Right. Well, but the
0: first summer of Galaxy's Edge in California well, I will guess, be this right. summer.
1: Yeah, I guess it'll be this summer. So um, maybe it's, maybe they've got new stuff coming that they're going to do. Yeah, I don't know. At the end of that first year or uh, something going on with having it back in, in Anaheim for next summer. But yeah. We will just
0: have to be on the lookout I'll for any out. news coming out of Anaheim. Mm-hmm.
1: All right. Well, I think that's, I think we've covered about as much as we know. Yeah. 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 I will, I will drop the link in if anybody wants to see the panel um, from Star Wars Celebration where they talked about Galaxy's Edge. Uh, Josh Gad was the host of that one. So if anybody wants to see that, I'll drop the link in there uh, if you want to watch that. Uh, It's got some other stuff that uh, either we didn't get to or maybe they go, you know, a little bit more in depth on something. Um, But uh, yeah, if you haven't seen some of the pictures, even the concept art for Galaxy's Edge, but then just like seeing some of the pictures of the the toys and the food and the, just everything we've been talking about. If you need some visuals to go along with that, um, take a look at that panel video or to just go Google search some of the photos for Galaxy's Edge because it, it looks really cool. Um, yeah, I'm excited to go. I may not come home. I, I may just. <laughs> I don't blame you. I may get lost there and not come back. No. Well, it's the difference between getting lost and hiding. That's true. That's true. I will be hiding. Um, maybe they yeah. have some nice like planks in the floor that I can hide underneath. Typically used for smuggling, but <laughs> I can smuggle myself and stay there for the rest of my life. All right, well, I think that's going to do it. So thank yeah. you for joining us for our Galaxy's Edge Extravaganza. We took you to the edge and back again. Right? Two hundred something or other. We you know we're getting really close to two fifty. Yeah. We, we gotta. We gotta I'm, get. I'm working on it. We going to get hopping on that. <laughs> I, I am.
0: I am working on it. I'm still waiting to get information from uh, Dennis and Love Machine. Mm-hmm. Love fest, love fest. Yeah. <laughs> um, I'm just going to change it every time. Hey, that's fine. That's fine. Yeah. What was the rest? Dude, love. Dude, yeah, sure. Yeah. Dude, love. Yeah. Um, brother had, Love
1: wasn't that the the, the WWF? I,
0: love I love you. Yeah. Um, brother Love. Your face, your face well, needs to get really red. When Mick Foley that. was Dude mm-hmm. Love. Yeah. Yeah. That was one of his personas. Mm-hmm. Anyway. Yeah. Neither here nor Digressing. there. <laughs> but yeah, I'm uh, I'm looking forward. To Decisions are going to have to be made mm-hmm. for episode 250. Mm-hmm. I'm kind of excited by that. Because mm-hmm. we you know, we, we have very loose ranking systems. Yeah, we do. And, and I, I made it a requirement for episode 250. I think my decisions are made. Decisions have to be made. I think they're made. I think you should go back and look again and just make sure. You shut up.
1: <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, that's going to do it for our Galaxy's Edge episode. Um, again we're recording so many things within the next couple days that I am not a hundred percent sure what order any of these will come out in. Cause I'm going to be doing a lot of editing over the next few days and next week. So, um, depending on when this comes out, I would imagine that my entire, um, taking apart and analyzing of the star Wars trailer will probably come out before this one. Um, but right around this time, we also have uh, driving miss Daisy and dead poet society coming out. So, um, Depending on what order those come out in, we will have those episodes round about this time, and then we are coming up in May on could our mashup, driving dead poets, driving dead poets, dead driving in cars with dead poets. Yes, it could be like the comedy show with the driving in cars with. Doesn't comedians seem too and, funny though.
0: No. What about uh, Miss mm-hmm. Daisy Society?
1: So leaves of grass. <laughs> what did you think of that? Not very talkative about it, are you? <laughs> All right, okay. I did. Okay. Private person. Get All right. It. Well, next episode, we're digging up Shakespeare and asking him about <laughs> Romeo and Juliet. <laughs> oh, man. It could be fun. It could yeah. be. It could be a lot of things. <laughs> to to smell or not to smell. <laughs> there is a bit of an odor. <laughs> mm. All right. Well, that's going to do it for this time. Be excellent to each other. Go watch some good movies. Go plan your trip to Galaxy's Edge. But don't go the same summer I'm going so that there's slightly less people there. Yes. Um, yeah. Nobody go to Disney World. Yeah. Roughly sometime in July 2020. Don't go. <laughs>
0: Dude, print sunscreen. I know. It is going to
1: be hot as hell I'm, well I'm out from there. Texas. I'm fine with that. <laughs> okay. The rest of my family can <laughs> melt, but I'm I'm totally fine with that. God. <laughs> Disney know. World in July. Good yeah, Lord. I think that was like one of our only options. Yeah. It's going to be what it's going to be. Yep. Mm-hmm. You can't control everything, mm-hmm. right? I'm going to lose a ton of weight just walking around. Nah, we'll, mm-hmm. we'll see. I'm going to be like, yeah. son of the Rancor Keeper. Son of the Rancor. Son of the Rancor Keeper. Which could just be a, a, little, a new expression when I decide to exclaim something like "Son of or a rancor Core Keeper." I like it. There we go. I like it. Disney uh, Imagineers. That's my character. So if you'd like to hire me to come and do some ideas and uh, drink your drinks and do that kind of stuff, let me know. All right, there we go. All right, we excellent to each other. Go watch some good movies. We'll see you back here next time.